Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a January 20th Friday edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, a writer for BlazersEdge.com, former Blazers beat writer for the Vancouver Columbian. And it is the third game of, or it was the third game of Portland's four-game East Coast road trip. Friday, they faced the Philadelphia 76ers. And... They lost in pretty, uh, well, they lost 93-92 in Philadelphia. They drop their uh, fourth straight game since the Cleveland win, which, of course, was immediately followed up by the home loss to Orlando. And then they lost to Washington then they lost to Charlotte, and then tonight they lose to Philadelphia. And Joel Embiid did play in this game. He was actually playing with, uh, apparently feeling some effects from the flu, according to uh, a few reports from Philadelphia. He had 18 points, 10 rebounds, and 5 assists, and was was great. But uh, the real story in this game was that the, the, the 76ers had a lot of uh, clutch moments and uh, the Blazers just weren't able to put them away in this game. They had plenty of chances and as I said, MB did play, but he had to come out of the game, did not finish the game. Portland was up by three with about five minutes left when it was clear that Embiid was not going to come back. And multiple times throughout this game, the Blazers when Embiid was out, failed to capitalize. Portland, by the way, had a different starting lineup tonight. Terry Stotts shaking things up against the Philadelphia 76ers, trying to do something to spark the team. He moved Mo Harkless and Alfaruk Aminu out of the starting lineup, and he replaced them with Evan Turner and Noah Vonley. It worked really well in the first half. Uh, Portland outplayed Philadelphia uh, in that half. They, they actually had a 13-point lead at halftime, and the starting lineup played really well, 
with Vonley and Turner, a lineup that had seen only three minutes in the season previous to tonight. And another part of that was that the bench units were a little bit better. Uh, Aminu and Harkless had really solid plus minuses tonight. They're usually positive players. And uh, I think part of the calculus in that is, hey, let's put better players out there against other teams' second units. And maybe the fact that Lillard and McCollum are so good, maybe we can help Turner and his plus minus or his impact on the team maybe not be as negative as it has been to this point in terms of his plus minus by pairing them with the two best scores. Now, it worked for a little bit of a time, but it it kind of uh, was sabotaged a little bit by the fact that Turner went two of ten from the field and didn't really wasn't effective from the field at all, and that that hurts if he shoots. What he normally shoots, even if he just goes four of ten, the Blazers win this game. So, it that is uh, unfortunate, and I, I do credit Terry Stotts for trying something, for 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 trying to do something creative, and I, I definitely see the logic in trying to play your better players against the opposing team's not so good players, their second units. The Spurs are a team that ha- ha- have been known to exploit that in their rotations. Nylon Calculus, the basketball website uh, that deals in advanced metrics, did a, a really great thing on that a couple of, uh, I think last season uh, around preseason. But Portland did some of that tonight by putting Aminu and Harkless, who uh, have been really positive players for Portland, even though, as I've said, Aminu hasn't been able to shoot the ball from the perimeter, but he's still undoubtedly their best defender. And the defense with the second units and the offensive rating that, or the defensive rating that a lot of the guys that play on those second units have like Turner and Crab, is just way too high. I, I know that the starters have, have bad uh, plus minuses and, and defensive ratings when they're on court, but they're playing against better players and the starting lineup defense has actually not been that bad with Harkless and Harkless and Aminu. McCollum, Lillard, and Plumley hasn't been that bad. They've been about average. They're 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 somewhat respectable in that regard when that starting lineup is out there, but their bench units have not been that good. And uh, I see the logic in that. Unfortunately, Dean led to a win in large part because Portland, uh, simply, while I, I I've definitely bashed them. They they also just missed a lot of shots tonight, and 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 they had a a lot of quality looks down the stretch of this game. One possession where Lillard and McCollum both get looks at three-pointers that clank out. Uh, McCollum misses a mid-range jumper. Lillard misses a free throw uh, when he has a two-shot opportunity to make it a three-point game when they're up by one, which opens the door for the Covington Robert Covington's eventual game-winning three-pointer uh, with four seconds left. And Covington, the possession before that, hit a three-pointer off of a kind of a scramble play where Dario Saric saved the ball. Replays after the fact showed that Saric had stepped on the line, on the on the, on the end line, uh, and, and his, he was out of bounds, but the referees didn't catch it. There was no review, and while reports after suggest that the Blazers were 
angry that they didn't get that call. Nobody on the Blazers bench caught it in real time enough to to make the call. And I and the other part of this that I'm sorry that I'm not more uh, informed on is I don't I don't know if they can review that, but uh, it seems like something they should be able to review. So either the Blazers didn't catch it, or uh, I I I think. They just weren't able to convey their protest or whatever, or that play is not reviewable. I'm not sure, but either way, Portland didn't get that call to go their way. But regardless of that, they didn't. They should not have been in this position to lose this game to the Philadelphia 76ers without Joel Embiid for multiple stretches in this second half. Portland was up by 13 at the end of the first half, and Philadelphia was playing really well at the start of the third quarter. Portland was missing a lot of shots, and Philadelphia was storming back. Then Embiid hyperextended his knee is what it looked like. He went to the locker room, and Portland was up by five at this point. And as Embiid's in the locker room, the Blazers lose their lead. Philadelphia takes a one-point lead, and then Embiid comes back briefly, but he ends up having to go back into the locker room after a hard foul from Ed Davis. Then he's out for the game. Portland's up by three with about five minutes left, and they blow that lead. It just seems like it's a theme for this team. Sure, tonight, a reason was that they didn't make a lot of open shots. Definitely. They also should not be in this position against Philadelphia. And they just, this is kind of the team that they've been. They put themselves in these positions more often than they should. And even thinking back to the the Pistons game or uh even the the Laker game a couple of weeks ago that they just haven't done a good enough job of putting teams away I mean that's this is basically what happened in the Detroit game they were winning they let Detroit hang around they weren't able to extend the lead they didn't hold on to it they didn't make they just didn't create enough separation against a team that they should have and, and, and they let a team that is not as good as they are hang around. And and Philadelphia, to their credit, has played much better than Portland as of late. They uh, have, have, have just been a, a, a very impressive team since the new year. I believe they're 7-2 and two now since January 1st, and they're 8-2 and two in their last 10. So they're playing great, but... Uh, to lose to this team without Joel Embiid is pretty inexcusable. The Sixers, when Embiid is off the court, are 14 points per 100 possessions worse when he's not playing. Embiid is, is a huge difference maker. One of the biggest already in the league as a rookie. And to lose, not just at the end of the game when you have a three-point lead with five minutes left, but in the third quarter, when you're up by five to blow that lead when he's on the bench and in the locker room, it just tells you everything that you need to know so far about this season. They are gifted an opportunity. You think they're going to turn the corner. You think they're going to make it. You think they're going to take advantage of some daylight, some opportunity that is in their hands. And for some reason, they're just not able to do it, and I I don't know what it is because I can't really say it's effort. Tonight, it didn't seem like it was effort, 
but I but it's just it's just a weird weird season. They they just can't make shots at the right time. They can't get stops at the right time. They don't get rebounds when they need to. They just never are able to make the right play. Tonight they left the door open. Lillard uncharacteristically misses a free throw after making a clutch play to steal the ball away from Ilyasova. But Portland should those plays at the end that that stand out that you remember, you know, shouldn't matter as much as they did. And uh, Portland shouldn't have lost this game tonight. This is other than probably the Nets. I mean, come on. No Embiid in this game for down the stretch. I know a small sample, but that's that's really tough. And I just don't see how they even come close to 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 playing with Boston tomorrow. So uh, this road trip uh, is, is probably gonna is is very likely going to go to zero and four to zero and four. They're probably gonna go to a five game losing streak, and then they're gonna uh, come back home and. Right now, as it stands in the Western Conference, Portland is 18 and 27. They are a full game back now of the Denver Nuggets, who are at 17 and 24. They've played fewer games than Portland, but are still ahead of them in the standings. When the Blazers come back after playing Boston tomorrow, which they will play Boston at 2 in the afternoon. They have three days off, which they definitely need. I'm sure they'll really enjoy that. But then they have the Lakers, which they should win. But then it doesn't really get that easy after that. After the Lakers game, they got Memphis, Golden State, Charlotte, Dallas. So uh, it doesn't really matter who's on the schedule at this point. As we saw tonight, they had an opportunity against the Joel and beadless Sixers to win a game and they did not do it. So maybe talking about the schedule is kind of irrelevant at this point. They are one game behind Denver for the eighth seed. And I don't know. Maybe you just hope that uh, some percentages balance out for them or uh, on the defensive end. I, I saw a stat earlier this week that, the the in between mid range those kind of floater area shots in the paint uh, have have really abnormally gone at a, at a really high rate against the Blazers uh, that historically has shown that it should balance out but I, I don't think that's necessarily a very cause for a lot of hope it seems that tonight Stotts trying to help what Turner does on the Blazers try and pair him with some better players to not create as much of a sinkhole in their rotation as Turner's minutes have kind of been this year I know he's been better and his plus minus has improved over uh, the past month or so but still it just is. It doesn't look great, and he tr- and and credit to Stotts for trying to do something about it because Turner's on his team. He didn't pay for Turner, but he's on his team. He's got to figure out a way to make it work. He's trying, 
and he, he just didn't really make any shots tonight. I, I, I don't know where they go uh, from here. I don't know if they go back to their lineup, but yeah, th- this is uh, a quite uh, a tough spot that, that Portland's in. I, I can't really say right now whether they'll make the playoffs or not. They just are, are so unconvincing. I, I give Stotts a lot of credit for trying things like he did tonight. Uh, but it just seems like the Turner thing is just really hard to get to work. And and uh, Vonley's minutes have, have not been great either. Uh, he looked okay tonight. Uh, had a, a positive plus minus even though – individual plus minus not a great stat but uh Vonley I have even though his plus minus isn't very good he has looked a little bit better uh but they just didn't get uh enough tonight uh to beat Philly uh they they didn't get enough scoring from their guards outside of Damian Lillard CJ McCollum didn't have a good night. He was 5 of 18 from the field. And, and, and Portland also didn't shoot well from three as a team. Weirdly enough, Aminu and Vonley each were perfect on their only attempts, but uh, they, they just weren't able to get enough on the perimeter from their other guys to to really make a dent uh, in this game and, and, and give themselves a chance to build that lead. They they just didn't make the shots that they needed to make, and that's that's part of the deal, you know. It's a, for them they could say they didn't make shots, but for us we can say they didn't do what they needed to do to win the game. They just didn't uh, execute, and that's and that's part of winning. So uh, really tough loss for the Blazers tonight against an opponent that they should have beaten, the Embiidless Sixers. Oh, uh, and I do want to talk uh, about the final play of regulation. Once again, uh, it's, a, it's a tough call for uh, Alan Crabb in that position who caught the pass after the initial screens where Lillard was coming back off the back screen going towards the rim and Aminu was going to go set a screen for CJ McCollum. The defense kind of left Crab in the corner. Plumley gives it to Crab, and then Henderson gets back over. Noel stunts to Crab, and there's two guys kind of on him. Crab gives it back to Plumley with about three seconds left, and as he gives it to Plumley, it looks like McCollum is coming open off of a screen from Aminu, but as he's coming open, Crab gave the ball to Plumley. Plumley got. A high percentage shot. He dribbled the ball down the lane, took his time, didn't lose the ball, got a shot with with no time left on the clock, but the ball just rimmed out. Not the guy that you want having that shot, obviously, and that's part of Philadelphia's defensive strategy. But uh, in hindsight, slowing it down, uh, it, obviously it's hard to make that call in real time, but it looked like maybe if Crab holds it for a second or takes one dribble, maybe... McCollum can come open and then you get the guy that you want taking that shot but Plumlee driving the lane getting a layup uh, where uh, it's a pretty high percentage shot for him this season around the basket but uh, it wasn't just a typical shot around the basket it was very well defended by Nerlens Noel 
So uh, it's hard to say what a more ideal outcome would have been. I would probably say CJ just because he's such a good shooter. And Plumlee, over his career, not such a great defender. And uh, one, one last note on that last series of events. It, you, Robert Covington had two big three-pointers down the stretch. He hasn't shot the three well this season. But unlike, say, Al Farouk Aminu, over the course of his career, Covington has shown that he's a good three-point shooter. Over his career, he's a 35% three-point shooter. So it, it's not just bad luck that they left him open. They they left the wrong guy open on that Sarich play and then uh, on that shot to win the game. He hit a great shot over Evan Turner. Turner defended it well, but the, those are the breaks sometimes in the NBA, and uh, you can't let teams hang around. And, and it's not as if Philadelphia just got completely lucky. The the guy, Covington, the guy that hit the shot, is a good three-point shooter over the course of his career, and Portland let them hang around to give him a chance. So, Yeah, it could get worse. Like I said the other night, I thought it was going to get worse, and it, it did. So uh, Portland tried to shake off their struggles. They, they they tried to change it up. Terry Stotts tried to change up the starting lineup, which I, 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 I liked. It. I thought it was uh, effective. He's doing the best with what he has, uh, seriously. Uh, the Turner... Is not is just not a great stylistic fit. He's trying to find ways to plug him in where he can be productive and make guys better. It's just been really hard. Uh, it, it's just really hard uh, to incorporate that, and uh, at least it has been so far this season. So uh, this Portland seasons of struggles continue, and they continue to tumble towards the lottery. So maybe their draft pick will be worth. More than we think, they're definitely not trying to tank, but sometimes not trying to tank gets you into the lottery. Just ask teams like Milwaukee a few years ago or uh, Washington last year. This happens. So uh, Portland, Portland does have their pick. They have Cleveland's pick, which is not going to be a great one, but it is an asset. So... Uh, if things continue to go south, I guess that's a silver lining. This team, I guarantee you, is going to try to not let it go south, and they're still going to try and make the playoffs. And of all the teams that they're hanging around with, they still have a really good shot to do that because Denver, as they're a bad team too. The Pelicans are a bad team too. Minnesota is a bad team. All these teams are bad. So it, it's not as if anyone's going to really ascend to the throne. It's just going to be they're going to be exchanging stretches of ineptitude until one of them ends up being the eighth seed. And it could very well be Portland, but I'm not really so sure anymore that they really stand out that much from those other teams as much as I, I thought. Lillard McCollum still, in terms of their scoring ability, do stand out and 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 Lillard was better tonight from the field. McCollum has, has struggled a little bit as of late after carrying the team for uh, a really long stretch there. 
He's he, he just hasn't been quite as efficient. So you you think with those two guys that they have the upper hand, but it just seems like every game they something happens to sabotage them. They're not able to make shots. They're not able to make clutch plays. Uh, they squander opportunities when they have opportunities, like tonight squandering leads when Embiid was out of the game twice in the second half. It's just been that kind of season where they they just kind of have a little bit of everything and all these mess-ups. And here they are uh, on the outside of the playoff picture and closer to uh, being a top-five pick right now than they are to being uh, a top-five seed. And uh, not the season that I think a lot of people envisioned, but hey, uh, that's where they are. Uh, may have to start looking at Draft Express a little sooner than usual. So uh, that's going to do it for this evening's episode, Friday, January 20th. The Blazers have another game on this road trip, and that's tomorrow, so no rest for them. They go to Boston to play the Boston Celtics. They are the third best team in the East, so that's probably not going to go too well. Uh, one of the best defensive backcourts in the league. So a bunch of guys that are going to annoy Damon CJ. So unless everybody else wants to step up to the plate and score some baskets, it does it. I would I would take the Celtics in this one if I were a betting man. So yeah, well I am sometimes, and I am a betting man. So yeah, I would take the Celtics tomorrow. Uh, yeah. So uh, the Blazers lose ninety three ninety two on a, a last-second three-pointer by Robert Covington. Uh, also forgot to mention, Ersan Elisova had 24 points tonight uh, in a throwback game. I'm just going to guess that he's in a contract here. Uh, anyway, that's going to do it for me, Eric Garcia-Gunderson, for Lockdown Blazers, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We will be back with you after the Boston game tomorrow. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Audio Boom, Google Play, TuneIn FM. If you've listened to us, via FanRag Sports. Hope you stick with us. Subscribe to our channel on one of those uh, places that you can get a podcast. And if you like our show, please leave us a five-star review. And we'll be back with you after the Boston game as we uh, keep on trudging through this Blazers season that uh, continues to disappoint. <laughs> <laughs>